0: Do you need some Listerine after Just that Indian food? Gargling with a uh, haloogie currently to push oh. it all down. Okay, nice.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Powder and Loan Podcast. I'm your host, Gil, and back with me today is Colin. And today, we've decided we're going to talk about some apparel uh, why it's important, what pieces are necessary. And, you know, how it's helped us out. So, also, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any episodes. And check out our Instagram uh, post every time that we put up a new podcast. And, yeah, tell your friends. So, Colin, like I said, we're going to talk about apparel. So,
0: why is cycling apparel important to you that's a really good question you know i think cycling apparel is such an important factor in cycling just like it is for skiing like it is for hiking kayaking rock climbing whatever it is the apparel that you wear ultimately determines how far your ride's going to go that day and Thankfully, you know, in the United States, we have some favorable climate zones. Odds are that you can pretty much guess, hey, you know what? Today, I'm going out on a hot, sunny Arizona ride. I'm going to need to be in short sleeves or really cool stuff. Keep my body temperature down. Keep my core temperature down. And you can pretty much pick out, or or you're in Minnesota. It's really cold. You're going to need to bundle up for the day. But cycling is so much more dynamic than other sports just because your body temperature changes so much. And like I said, the what you wear cycling is ultimately going to determine how far you're going to ride any given day.
1: Yeah. There's there are a lot of guys that like to go out there and ride in dicky shorts and a cotton t-shirt. There's nothing wrong with that. But you're not gonna go out in dicky shorts, cotton boxers, a cotton t shirt, and go
0: ride fifty miles. That would be pretty miserable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the expression in at least in the skiing world or the winter sports world is cotton kills. Yeah. And, you know, cotton, once it gets wet, it has no use on your body anymore. Cause all it's gonna do is just keep you cold and miserable for the rest of your ride. Yeah. Um like
1: you said, the moisture wicking is a pretty important factor um and just it it just gets that wetness away from your body, keeps you a little bit more dry and like materials that are better than that are you know a lot of people make polyester stuff, and then wool um wool is not going to get smelly as fast as polyester is um I have some wool jerseys, and I can wear them. I can take two wool jerseys on a week-long bike trip, and like, they don't smell, they don't feel nasty. But a polyester jersey, they're cheaper,
0: but they're going to smell a little bit faster. Now, come on, Gil. You're going to need to wash your jersey at least once in a two-week trip. Well, two jerseys for a one-week trip. Oh, okay, okay. That's that's fair. You wash them before, you wash them after. That's fine. That's fair. You know the beauty of wool. Wool, I think, has really come on the scene in the last twenty years. I think wool before was only reserved for socks and itchy grandma sweaters. You know, there's just it was itchy. It had a bad reputation, and I think in the last twenty years you've had companies like Smart Wool, Icebreaker, Dale of Norway, uh, Mons Royale in the in the cycling community, and and I think even even companies like. Uh- Specialized in Pearl Izumi are now putting out wool clothing. Exactly. You know, it's hit the mainstream cycling world. And it's because they're able to make wool refined. It's not itchy anymore. It's very soft fabric. And what it's able to do from a moisture wicking standpoint, a thermal standpoint, it, it really is the perfect fabric for aerobic activity like yeah. cycling. You can wear it
1: when it's blazing hot outside. And then you can wear it when it's cold. If it rains, wool is still going to retain heat, whereas you know your synthetic fibers once they get wet, they're cold. They're cold. They're not going to do that good anymore. Um, at least in this application. In skiing, it's a little bit different, but uh, yeah. So and like you said, wool. You're making jerseys. You're getting uh socks out of it, like everyone knows. Hats. And then also, Mons Royale has recently come out with merino wool cycling shorts. They just sew a chamois into wow. wool boxers. It's interesting. When I did not clothes. know that. Wow, that sounds luxurious. So, yeah, moisture wicking. And then that moisture wicking leads to temperature control, you know? Yep. These These other fibers besides cotton are going to help maintain the temperature a little bit better. So that, like we said, you're not hot, you're not freezing cold, and you can perform better and go longer,
0: you know? You know, it's funny, with clothing, and I don't know why this is so ingrained in me, you know, we grew up in Utah, we grew up in scouts, and I remember our scout leaders, at least mine in particular, would kind of drive home this point of like, hey, no cotton socks, no cotton this, no cotton that, cotton kills. and it's funny because it's like cotton won't kill you till it does. Your clothing yeah. won't kill you until it does. Wearing jeans skiing is totally fine until you're wet and until miserable. Yeah, exactly. Like every you can wear whatever you want cycling until all of a sudden it's not okay anymore and it yeah. becomes dangerous. And you know, I think it's a little I think sometimes we get full of ourselves because it's like we we've seen people bike in car hearts, we see people ski in car hearts. We see people do a myriad of activities in carharts, yeah. And you know what? Up until something bad happens, or up until the weather changes, it's totally fine, yeah. And I and I guess your cycling apparel. It just comes down to this, you know, old scouting average adage. This old scouting adage of being prepared, yeah, definitely.
1: And you know, I'll wear some some old shorts and a t-shirt to go ride the bike park that's totally you know, that's kind of the in style but i'm also not like i'm not gonna be there for six hours in the saddle pedaling you know i'm generally just in a standing position and if it's rainy then i either leave or go inside a lodge or something like that not a big deal um and i actually got caught in a rainstorm at a bike park last year I had a wool jersey on, and I stayed super warm. Like it was totally fine. It was kind of interesting, and my friend was in a cotton shirt, looked like he entered a white t shirt or a wet t shirt contest, you know. Like, and he was freezing cold. So, yeah, wear it. But like you said, when the weather when the weather turns, not such a good option anymore. Um, and that kind of leads to like being comfortable, you know. How, how do you feel more comfortable
0: when you wear cycling apparel versus just normal stuff? Totally. You know, I, and this is something that's so funny because in my profession, I have to worry a lot about cycling clothing. Yeah. And I send out, you know, just a little backstory. I'm a, I'm a content director for a, an exercise bike company. And I send all sorts of people out on cycling projects. And, and for a lot of people, sometimes it, it might be their first time on the bike. And, you know, I, I stress the point that it's like, you know, you need to wear proper cycling clothing. And I'm like, it's not just because it makes you look like an authority on the bike. It makes you look like you know what you're doing. But it's also like things are tapered in a certain way. They're cut in a certain way. There's certain things that we wear that makes cycling safer safer and more comfortable. If you wear just regular shorts, odds are you're going to get them caught on the nose of the saddle. And if they're yep. jeans or they're a little bit stiffer cargo short, whatever it is, it's like if that gets caught, that can dump you off the bike. Yeah,
1: I think yeah. we've all had our shorts catch on the back of the saddle, and it'll buck you right over or send you straight into the wheel where uh, you're going to get the uh, uh, the British Columbia toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, you don't want that. Or the, uh, no, it's the British
0: Columbia bidet. That's what it's oh, called. That's what it, okay, that makes way more sense. Tire wow, right up the like shorts. A... <laughs> you know, and so that's the thing is, you know, cycling apparel lately has begun to look more like normal apparel. You look at brands like Club Ride, you look at um even Pearl Izumi has kind of more of an urban studio yeah. biking collection, craft, same story. I don't like to mention them, but. Patagonia. Patagonia has riding style. apparel. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, you know, biking apparel is just different enough that it makes a difference. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it it just adds so much to the comfort level. The the body position that you're in, it exposes your back a little bit more. Any solid biking apparel is going to be a little bit longer in the back. It's going to be cut a little bit different. It's really cut for you to be in an athletic cycling position. and. You know, that it's a big difference. Yeah. You know, cycling... Yeah, like I said, it's just all about being prepared. Cycling is about being prepared.
1: And at least for a top, if you've got a dry fit t-shirt or an athletic t-shirt you wear to the gym that's not just plain cotton, wear it. That's what it's designed to do. It's going to be fine. But where things really matter is when we get into shorts. Um, like you said, you might catch your shorts on your saddle if they're not cycling shorts. But uh, I think the biggest thing that we can talk about is the chamois. Absolutely. The chamois, the chamois, the freedom pad, the, the adult diaper, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's, the chamois is the one thing that I don't ever go ride a bike without. Unless I'm just like cruising a mile around town. Yep. Even then, I kind of wish I had it. Yep. Not going to lie. And so, for those that may not know, a chamois is a pad, a foam or gel pad that has been sewn into some cycling shorts, whether that's a liner that goes under baggy shorts or the lycra that you saw Lance Armstrong in in the Tour de France. There's a pad in there. And that pad obviously serves as a buffer between you and your saddle. And it's game-changing.
0: You know, it was funny, from our bike shop days and as my days now in, in cycling content, I'm really conscientious of what new people to the cycling world are saying. And it's funny because people buy our exercise bike that I work on And they immediately say, oh, this saddle is the worst. It's so painful. It's the worst thing in the world. And so their immediate response is, I need to go buy the fattest, widest, banana seat beach Beach cruiser cruiser saddle on the planet. Because the only thing they can compute in their mind is, well, I've ridden a beach cruiser. Me and my husband, we went to Santa Barbara or a motorcycle. You know, we went to Santa Barbara. We rented some beach cruiser bikes and we know we rode those around all day and I didn't get saddle sore. So everyone immediately goes to this like, oh, I got to get the thickest, jealous, filled Walmart special seat out there. Yeah. And what a lot of people don't realize is cycling is comfortable because of the chamois. Yeah. And.
1: You know, we talked about it in our in our bike fitting episode. That choosing the right saddle is extremely important to fit your anatomy and your riding position. But the best saddle in the world is still not going to feel very good if you don't have a chamois between you and the saddle. I know guys that ride in dickies, but they still put on a chamois because you know they like the look of their dickies but they know really well that they're not going to go
0: ride for 20 miles in in boxers in cotton boxers we hope the audience is educated enough to know this but if you've ever wondered how cyclists do it it's a sham <laughs> yeah. you know i have to monitor a facebook page for my job and i mainly just do it for consumer feedback trying to figure out what's mm-hmm. going on and people go all the time. You know, does your does that part of your body? Does it just callus up? Does it just get tougher? Like, how do these people do it? Do they just get used to it? You sand your taint exactly. Yeah, like like like. <laughs> yeah, that's a that that's another episode we can talk all about sanding your taint for endurance performance. If you're going over the six hour mark and you're not sanding your taint, it's time to try. <laughs> but no, that. Cycling is possible because of the chamois, and a chamois is just as intimate as a conversation as figuring out what saddle fits your body. yeah, you know, every brand is probably gonna have three or four different styles of chamois. you yeah. know they're gonna have a budget chamois, they're gonna have
1: which is like more or less sitting on cardboard, but it's better than nothing. yeah,
0: I'd take cardboard all day every day, you know i I just bought a cheap. I bought the Pearl Azumi's cheapest bibs because they were a deal and I got them out and it is no joke. It is a fleece diaper. <laughs> it is like, it is foam from like a cheap camp pad. Like, you know what I'm talking about? That like yellow spongy foam sewn on top of like a polar fleece liner. And it's better than nothing. And absolutely 10 out of 10 will recommend for the price point. But in no way am I like, okay, I'm going out all day. I'm wearing that thing. Yeah. And for anyone that's ridden without a chamois,
1: you pick up a pair of Pearl Izumi shorts or specialized shorts. 50 bucks comes with the liner and the baggy outers because let's be real mountain bikers shouldn't wear spandex anymore. Personal opinion. Unless you're
0: Nino, then
1: you can do it. Okay. Okay. That that's fair. But still it's like, you know, fifty bucks to enhance your experience that much more, worth every penny. Now, like you said with chamois, you get what you pay for. You can pay fifty bucks or you can pay two hundred dollars, you know? Um but the thing about it is, you can, uh, gosh dang it, I forgot where I was going with that. Where was I going with that? Oh, but in, you know, like I said, you you get what you pay for, and that includes, you know, there are, like you said, there's different types of chamois, there are chamois for. A more race-oriented person that's way farther over their bars, they're in a more aggressive position, and then there are chamois for the people that want to sit more upright and just go out there and cruise. The padding is in different places uh, to support you where you need that support. And there's also men's and women's. That should be pretty obvious, just like there's men's and women's clothing and saddles. There's going to be men's and women's shorts. That are hopefully made very differently.
0: Yeah, that's right, you know, and, and not that you know, we could do a whole episode on chamois really. I mean, maybe that's uh maybe that'll be the next episode. You know, we, we so. can talk about horse under the fence, over the fence. I mean, there's any different things we can talk about, but no, the the, the secret to cycling is really getting your chamois dialed. Um, you know, unfortunately it's kind of like the saddle game. You have to try a bunch of different brands, uh, figure out what, what works best. Um, if you find a chamois that works, stick with it. Um, you know, but, but having a good chamois is part of being prepared to be on a bike. If you plan on doing a big ride, get a chamois, please. Yeah. You know, that, that they will save you the hassle of so many other problems it yep yeah I, I think most of you are
1: probably wearing no a one wants to see you walk around like
0: a pissed off cowboy all day because you didn't wear a chamois right you know and i i guess maybe this is kind of our next topic to talk about but it's like what you know why is baggy clothing and mountain biking so like is it a fashion statement is it like, because it's mandatory now? Like, I feel like an idiot. It's kind of like I wear a, if I wear a road helmet mountain biking, I feel like an idiot, but it's like a helmet's a helmet. You know, you're also
1: not riding a cross country bike though.
0: Right. That's a good point. But, 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 right. But like, what's the visor? I mean, I get what it does for me, helps with the sun later at night, a few things, but like, it, it's funny how style has taken over cycling now. Yeah. Definitely. You see a mountain biker wearing a road helmet. Like on a mountain bike trail, I'm not saying an XC trail, I'm saying a mountain bike trail. Yeah. And you're like, "Uh uh-oh, like here comes trouble. Yeah. Or you're out on the road and you see a guy wearing a visor on his helmet and you're like, like that is, that's a target. Yeah, it is all about a look. And that's one thing that I
1: think is cool now is it's not just one or two different styles that you can choose from. Now just like clothing is an expression for a person in everyday life, it's now an expression for people on the bike, you know? You you bought that bike to suit your style, well now you're going to dress and and that's your style. Also though, don't mix and match. You cannot wear baggy shorts with a skin-tight top or a skin-tight jersey with baggy shorts, like we learned in Oregon from Ken the the Malibu lawyer, insurance guy, whatever. That was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. So don't mix and match. Stick with your style. Um But moving on to like the outer shorts, one nice thing with cycling shorts is you get cycling specific features, just like you would snow pants for skiing versus snow pants for Riding a snowmobile. Um, Yesterday, I tried out my new shorts and they have backwards facing pockets. And at first, I was like, this is really weird. I sat on my phone when I got in the car because it was all underneath me. But I got on the bike and I didn't even feel my keys there. Like that was the most comfortable I've ever felt with stuff in my pockets on the bike. Um, And that was all because they were cycling specific. Uh, You also get stuff like when it does rain or you sweat through stuff, they're light and they're going to shed that moisture instead of capture it and make you feel like you've got soggy, wet pants on that are pulling you down. Um, And then another topic with that is sun protection. And Colin, you're big into wearing long sleeve jerseys and sun protection. What have what have you felt with sun
0: protection gear versus just normal stuff? Yeah. You know, I've pretty much any jersey I buy now, unless it's like, whoa, that's a cool kit, I, I get a long sleeve. I get a summer weight long sleeve. Pearl Izumi makes some. Um, pretty sure Specialized has some. Um, yeah. Craft. Totally. You know, th- there's a lot of di- pretty much every bike brand now. And I think it's going to become a bigger trend. But I'm all about long sleeves, covering up. And what's nice, too, is if you have a long sleeve summer jersey, it just helps you in the shoulder seasons a little bit. Spring, fall, it's like, okay, on this ride today, we might be starting out and it's going to be 45 degrees or 50 degrees. But by the end of the day, it's going to be in the 80s, maybe hitting the 90s. Yep. And it's like, oh, this is perfect. I have this long sleeve on. Um, you know. And especially, I've been doing a lot of gravel riding this summer. And I found myself in more mosquito areas, just areas where it's a little bit more rugged than your typical road ride. And it's just nice to have long sleeves on. I just feel like it gives me more protection. I feel like I can be out in the saddle longer. If I see rain coming, I'm like, you know what? I have a long sleeve jersey on. If it cools off, I'm going to be able to stay warm. And honestly, if it's like uh, the other day, I wore a long sleeve jersey on a blazing hot ride. And I just zipped down the zipper and I rolled up the sleeves. and I felt great. Yeah. So I'm all about covering up. A lot of guys do arm warmers. I really can't do arm warmers. I I have some. I wear them. They're just a pain to take on and off. You mean when you say arm warmer, you mean just like a sun sleeve? Yeah, a sun sleeve. I mean, even a thermal arm warmer. Like, I don't know. I just hate having the bulk in my pockets in the back. Okay. It's like if I wear a short sleeve Jersey and a, like an arm warmer and I'm planning on taking the the thermal arm warmer off during my ride, it's like, okay, hey, I, I take them off and I put them together like I would socks and kind of make it as small as I can. And then I put in my back Jersey pocket and it's like, I have this bulky fleece arm warmer thing. And it's like, you know, I wish I just had long sleeves on like that's, that's really, and, that, and that's yeah. what I'm getting to is it's like, I just want long sleeves now. Um, and this is
1: something that we've seen in other sports too. Like a bunch of my friends have like stuff from Volcom and Quicksilver Billabong that's made for surfing. So you can just put on this super breathable, super cool uh, long sleeve shirt. But it's like, now I don't have to slather myself in sunscreen. If you're out for a long ride, and that's a big sucks thing for me, yep. Then slathering on sunscreen while you're sweating, when you can just have this long sleeve jersey that's not gonna really affect your how hot you are. So, let's move on to some of the kind of accessories real quick. Uh, Colin always wears a halo headband. Uh, you want to explain what that is?
0: Yeah, so the Halo headband is basically just like a it's a polyester headband. Um, yeah, just like a basically like an NBA sweatband. It's a little bit thinner. It's you can wear it underneath your helmet, but it has a silicone strip across the bottom and it just drains the sweat. I my forehead, my head it sweats a lot. And so I was I always struggle getting sweat in my eyes or especially sometimes I wear like hair gel product in my hair and it's like, I'll be at the office. I have hair gel in my hair and it's like, think in sync 2001. Exactly. Think like slick back spiked. Just kidding. Frosted tips, frosted tips. Yeah. think. Yeah. That's our Mohawk. Sometimes the Mohawk makes an appearance. Just kidding. That's never happened. But, um, you know, I have product in my hair. I'll go for a ride after work and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this German hair product is dripping into my eyes and it burns and it stings and it always happens right at the end of a climb when I'm getting to a really fun descent and it's like, oh no, like this is horrible. So anyways, I started wearing these Halo headbands and uh I, I can't ride without one. It just it soaks up the sweat. It drains it off the sides. It just keeps my eyes from getting sweaty. And uh no, I absolutely essential in my opinion for me if you're a sweater you gotta get one
1: yeah and then and that goes for really like kind of any sort of head cap but that silicone guard does especially well for you
0: yeah and i wear my like my helmet thin... has
1: that built in so it, yeah that's been pretty nice for me
0: yep there are a lot of helmets like i had a bond trigger helmet that had one built in and it does a good job the nice thing about the halos it just gets really close and it's just thin fabric and it just kind of mops it up for you. Um in the winter I wear a really thin skull cap. Um that that's the same thing. I'd wear that in place of a headband. Um you know, and just just same thing. It's just, you know, keeping your ears and your head a little bit warmer. Yep. You know, capping your head makes a huge difference in temperature management when it starts to get cold.
1: Yeah, and when it starts to get cold, I'll throw on um just like a buff. Just throw it around my neck or if that way if i get cold i can pull it up over my ears but it's also there around my neck um and then socks i have a ton of cycling socks and i only use them for riding my bike and it's all because i've got a lot of really nice wool socks in there that i don't want to just trash wearing them to work or around town and just any cycling sock in general is going to have support through the arch of your foot. You know, it's a little bit tighter weave, or it's a little bit more elastic in there. That's just going to hold your feet in a better place, help with circulation in there. Most of them have a little bit of compression in them. Um, what have you noticed wearing a cotton sock versus like an actual like cycling sock with some with some more support in there?
0: Yeah, you know, I cotton to me is dead. Like I'm trying to think of a good analogy, like cotton just isn't dynamic at all. You know, I've worn cotton socks biking a few times and it's like a cotton sock is a cotton sock. It's like it you know, maybe you can get a cotton poly blend, maybe you can get a few things like that, but it's like a good proper biking sock like you said conforms to your arch more, there's some compression. It comes up a little bit higher, protects your ankles from you know the weeds and thorns and things yep. that are closer. To while your feet are rolling by, it, just just a cycling sock. It's the same thing. It's just performance. It's just more comfortable. It's more equipped for riding. Your your feet sweat a lot cycling. Yep. Um, you know, and a lot of cycling shoes are very waterproof because they're banking on you going through a stream or at least mountain
1: bike shoes. At
0: least mountain bike. Exactly. Yeah. Road biking shoes. Yeah. If you have a watertight road biking shoe and you're not using it for the fall or spring or really wet conditions, it's time to look at vented shoes. But no, mountain biking shoes, you know, they're usually a little bit tighter in the, in the respect of they're not as breathable. And you, know, you just want to get a good sock that's going to wick away the moisture. You can pick up a good pair of mountain biking socks, wool or polyester for 15 bucks. Um, I think you can find them for even cheaper. Yeah, you can find them cheaper than that. They're usually a little bit thinner. So, yeah, exactly. Like, you want to get cycling specific socks. They're thinner. Cause that's another thing, too, is a cycling sock isn't going to wear out as much as a hiking sock. Because ideally, if your shoes are fitted to your feet properly, you won't have a lot of movement of your foot swimming around in the shoe. It's staying put, the sock's thin. You're able to get a better, tighter, Closer feel with your shoe, more pedaling performance dynamics with a well-fitting shoe that's properly tightened. Um, yeah, the biking socks are usually a lot thinner, um, and yep. it just aids in the comfort for your feet.
1: Okay, so we've gone over everything head to toe, um, real quick. Let's do our our top three pieces of apparel for sure. You
0: know, number one, and this is a little, you know, take this for what you will, but um, a light windbreaker, either long sleeve or a vest is awesome, especially in shoulder seasons, especially if you have a cool morning ride. It's amazing what a vest can do. It can keep your core warm, but it also lets you expel a lot of heat because it's not covering up your armpits. It's not covering up your arms. it it just allows you to stay comfortable. Um, So I'd say a light windbreaker or vest, especially on the road bike, mountain bike, you know, a a hoodie, something that's packable, you can throw in a a hip pack or a backpack. goes a long way. Every
1: cycling apparel company makes one of these that's like, it's a glorified trash bag that packs down to something the size of your fist and you can throw it in your pocket. You can do whatever you want with it, but you can find them for relatively cheap and they are lifesavers. I think that one of my top picks is uh, kind of like we said, wool jerseys. I've got a lot of polyester jerseys and I've got, I currently have two wool jerseys. I don't wear my polyester ones anymore because the polyester ones are heavier, they don't move as well, they don't keep my temperature as well. So I'm going to say wool jerseys specifically. I love my Mons Royale jerseys. They're, they're pretty
0: awesome. I'd say another piece of apparel that I'm big on right now is full finger gloves. And that is summer or shoulder season. And the reason being is just half finger gloves, you know, they get a bad rap. I think people kind of make fun of them outside of cycling. Um the thing I like about the full finger glove is like it just protects your hand a lot more if you're mountain biking it's like you know yesterday we rode a trail and, and riding gl- riding with gloves is a personal preference but if you do ride with gloves um you know I was brushing up against weeds and thistles and thorns and it was just nice to have a full cover glove it just keeps your hands a little bit warmer on a shoulder season ride another thing too is if you just get a a well padded full finger glove I've been amazed I have these Giro foam gloves and I've never been a fan of a lot of padding in my glove, but it does have a lot of padding and it has helped my hands considerably this year. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, if your bike's set up properly, you don't need gloves. Like I said, I'm not a big, when I ride uphill, I never wear gloves, but downhill now I've been wearing gloves. Having full finger fabric has just really helped my hands stay a lot more comfortable. Okay. Um, second piece
1: of apparel for me is um we went over it in great detail, but the chamois. Like I said, I never leave home without one. But right now my favorite chamois is chamois that came with my Fox shorts. I don't think they make
0: it's so the Ranger,
1: Ranger short. It's maybe. not the Ranger. But uh they make two chamois they make a lower end one and a higher end one. And it's the higher of the two and it's been pretty solid. I've owned it for a couple years and it hasn't like packed out or anything. So super stoked on that. So what is your third and final piece of essential gear that you're stoked on?
0: You know, this is a this is a broad answer. It's not a particular thing, but it's it's bringing in other gear from other sports. That's what I'm stoked on. Um, you know, I've learned a lot from backcountry skiing about layering and about getting your body properly dressed for skiing. Um, and I, I think the same thing applies for cycling. I found myself wearing base layer cycling, um, whether it's a thin polyester t-shirt underneath my jersey for a little bit of extra warmth. Or it's wearing like a Solomon like winter skull cap, or it's wearing ski socks in the fall that come up almost to my knee, like thick wool socks. I've just found that borrowing from other sports, or even like you know most cycling apparel doesn't come with a hood, um, and I've been taking some jackets with hoods recently just because I'll be out on a ride and it's like woo the weather blew in, this is pretty gnarly. I'm super glad I have a bona fide rain jacket with me today. You know, it's not Perlazumi. it's not, it's not, you know, Asos or Specialized. It's just, it's just a rain jacket, Black Diamond, Arcteryx, whatever it is. And you know, I think what I'm stoked on with biking is, it's like, yes, it's good to have cycling specific apparel, but you know, use what you have already to make your cycling experience more comfortable. Odds are, if you're listening to this podcast. You're big into winter sports. You're big into other sports, outdoors. Bring some things over. It doesn't always have to be Pearl Izumi. It doesn't always have to be Bontrager. It doesn't always have to be Fox or Troy Lee or whatever it is. Bring over what's comfortable for you and what works in other sports. As long as you don't look like a dork, it's going to work.
1: Yeah, I think that's some great advice. When I used to teach, uh, the mountain bike class at the university. I wore my Arc'teryx rain jacket out there a couple of times, and yeah, for windbreaker in the fall or little rain in the spring,
0: it's great. You know, and that's the other thing too is it's like you know use what you have.
1: Yes, yeah. if we're not saying you need to go out there and drop four hundred dollars
0: on gear, you don't need to roll down to the Pearl Izumi store and unleash. The credit card on head to toe cycling specific apparel. Sure, there's certain pieces that come in handy. Knee warmers are nice. Arm warmers, even though I kind of bagged on them earlier, just get a long sleeve. Arm warmers are nice to have. I think every road cyclist should have a good pair of arm warmers. Um, you know, just you use what you have. You know, you don't need to go get a Fox three hundred dollar. Squamish rain jacket. No, just use your rain jacket that you have. Um, But the biggest thing is go prepared. Being outside on a mountain bike, mountain bikes are beautiful machines and they allow you to push the boundaries of getting into the wilderness, not wilderness areas, but getting back into desolate areas. And we just, you know, we have to be prepared because you're one mechanical failure away from having a 20-mile hike back to your car that you probably weren't planning on. Solid. My last piece of gear
1: like I mentioned it before, but a buff has saved me same so many times. Yep. You know, I've got a bunch of them. They're not that expensive. Chances are you've got one from some event or you can go pick one up for not that much, but you throw it around your neck keeps my neck warm in the winter or in the fall if it gets cold like i said pull it up over my ears and if it's hot it's not a big deal like it's it's so lightweight around my neck that i'm not gonna feel
0: it so my third one is the buff yeah i would i would totally agree i totally forgot about the buff but gravel biking i wear a buff sun protection uh it gets a little bit colder i can pull it up really dusty roads if i'm on a gravel ride and it's like a bunch of cars rolling by or or razors or four wheelers whatever it is i can pull it up over my neck yeah buff absolutely essential i think you're seeing it a lot in a lot of sports now and you can use it as an emergency face mask if you need to in these times so yeah you know you got your buff on you can do a lot with a buff yeah i i would completely agree that you know, that's probably something I should have mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned it because I'm stoked on buffs right now, too. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not a fashion statement for me. It's not. It's totally functional. Yeah. And and again, that's pulling from stuff. You probably have one from your ski kit. Oh, absolutely. Throw you know, it on to ride your bike. You know, we can do this come wintertime, but it's like I have an emergency little stuff sack that i bring with me backcountry skiing and it just has like a fire starter a knife and a few little things some skin wax if it's springtime and i have a buff in there and i wrap my pocket knife screwdriver multi-tool thing in a neck buff with a bunch of ski straps because it's like when you're out in the sun all day whether it's summer or winter it's sure nice to have a buff and just get out of the sun sweet
1: Okay, well, that's it for this episode. Hope you guys learned something. If you did, leave a comment on Instagram. Make sure you tell other people about this so that more people can listen and and, uh, learn more about biking. So until next time, we'll see ya.